today, as we look at week five of our series, Addicted, I want to look at this thought, the silent killer, the silent killer. I remember growing up in Wewoka, Oklahoma, and in our backyard was a tin shed. And I don't quite remember exactly how the magazines arrived, but I remember a couple of my buddies, a couple of other teenagers had some magazines. And back there at that shed, we began to view explicit material. And that day, my heart ignited with lust. I remember going into our home one day and there was a video that I discovered with explicit material on it and I wish I could tell you as a teenager that I did not put that video in and watch it but but I did. I did more than once watch that video. And my heart was ignited with lust. Lust is a very real topic and subject that so many wrestle with. And today I want to lay a foundation of where does it come from? So many struggle. Where, where does it come from? And the scriptures say in 1 John chapter 2, and I want to pick up reading in verse number 16. It says, for everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, lust, lust, an overwhelming desire, an overwhelming urge, an overwhelming pull or tug. It says the lust of the flesh, and we lust after flesh. It says the lust of the eyes, this desire, this tug, this pull, lust of the eyes and the pride of life comes not from the Father. Notice that lust does not come from our heavenly Father. It does not come from God, but from the world. It comes from our spiritual enemy, our spiritual enemy enemy is on the attack. He does not want us to please our Heavenly Father. The, the devil is doing everything he can to get our hearts consumed with lust. He desires you and I to live outside of the will of God. The enemy is attacking. Adult bookstores in America outnumber McDonald's Three to one. The enemy is attacking. Pornography is now a $13 billion a year industry. That's bigger than Major League Baseball, the NFL, and the NBA combined. It's bigger than CBS, ABC, and NBC combined. The enemy is attacking. 
Today alone, 40 million Americans will go onto a porn site. By 2015, mobile adult content from our phones and services are expected to reach 2.8 billion per year. Mobile adult subscription will reach around 1 billion and mobile adult video consumption on tablets will triple. The enemy is attacking. Nine out of 10 boys are exposed to pornography before the age of 18. Six out of 10 girls are exposed to pornography before the age of 18. Parents, I do not want us to be naive. Today, as your pastor, I want to equip you to help your family win the battle. The average age of exposure to pornography is the age of 11. The enemy is attacking our children. Women make up 30% of viewers on adult websites. 9.4 million women, women access adult websites each month. This is not just a man's problem. The enemy is attacking women. 50% of Christian men and 20% of Christian women say they are addicted to pornography. That's the, 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 that number are just those who say they are. The enemy is attacking Christians. It's estimated that 50% of divorces are directly or indirectly caused by pornography. The enemy is attacking our families. The enemy wants us to be consumed with lust so that our, our hearts will just be filled with, with darkness. I want us to see what the scripture has to say about this subject. I, I want you to notice as I teach and preach today that the Bible is filled with scriptures regarding this subject. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 17 says, With the Lord's authority I say this, live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. And as we, as we dive into this teaching today, you're going to notice how the Bible describes this as darkness. Full of darkness and they wander far from the life God gives. In other words, they wander out of God's will because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. They have no sense of shame. In other words, anything goes. They live for lustful pleasure. They live for it. They're addicted by it. They're driven for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. Jesus says in Matthew 6 and verse 22, he says, your eye is a lamp that provides a light for your body. When your eye is good, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is bad, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if, if the light you think you have is actually darkness, in other words, when, when you're viewing things with your eyes that you should not be viewing, you can start to think, I'm full of, I'm full of light. Everything's great. But the Bible says if you view the wrong things, you, the light you think you have is actually darkness. How deep that darkness is. When our hearts become filled with lust, when our hearts become addicted to lust, 
We are filling our body full of darkness, the scripture teaches. Lust is not a private choice without public consequences. It may happen in private, but the effects are very public. I call it the silent killer. Studies show that people addicted to pornography, addicted to lust, are more likely to be depressed, suicidal, angry and hostile, commit sexual or violent crimes, more prone to infidelity, to have premarital sex, and the list goes on and on. Lust is not a private choice without public consequences. And I'm here today to declare that the Lord Jesus helped me break free. And I believe the Lord is going to help so many across all of our locations break free today. And I want to share with you three truths to break free from lust. Three truths to break free from lust. Number one is this. Cut off all access. That's what the scripture teaches us. Cut off all access. Let's look at this together. First Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 3. God's will. As a pastor, uh, I'm always communicating, interacting with people, looking for the will of God. Pastor, what is God's will? Well, the scripture says God's will is for you to be holy. So stay away from all sexual sin. Notice that word, all sexual sin, then each of you will control his own body and live in holiness and honor. The Bible says we need to control our own bodies and live in holiness and honor, not in lustful passion like the pagans who do not know God and his way. The Bible says stay away. First Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 18 says run. Don't play with it. Don't, don't flirt around with it. Hide, tell it out of there. Run from sexual sin. No other sin is so clearly affects the body as this one does. For sexual immorality or sex outside of marriage or lust or pornography is a sin against your own body. Ephesians says in chapter 5 and verse 3, but among you there must not be even a hint, a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity, or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. Colossians says in chapter 3 and verse number 5, put to death, put to death. Come on, I want all of our locations, everybody say these two words with me. Everybody say, kill it. Come on, say it one more time, kill it. That's what the Bible says we ought to do with lust and immorality. The Bible says, put to death, kill it. Therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires and greed, which is idolatry, the Bible says, kill it. There was an old grandfather talking to his young grandson. And he said to his grandson, grandson, there are two wolves that live inside of everybody. He said, the first wolf is an evil wolf. It desires lust and greed 
and immorality and hostility and pride and murder. And he says, yet there's another wolf inside of every person, and it's a good wolf. It desires purity, freedom, wholeness, kindness, goodness, love, truth. The grandson looked at his pawpaw, puzzled, and he says to his grandpa, which wolf wins? And the old wise grandpa said quietly, the one you feed, the one you feed. What you feed grows, and what you starve dies. You see, what's deceptive about lust is people think that if they feed their desires, it will go away. I have this desire. I have this urge. If I feed it, it will go away. But the thing about lust is this. If you feed your lustful desires, it doesn't make it go away. It makes it grow away. That's why the scripture teaches you have to wage war, an all-out war on lust. You have to kill it. I want to be practical with you for the next few moments. How do we kill it? So many struggle. How do we kill it? A few practical things. I would encourage you on your computer, your tablets, your, your phone, get some software on it. All of our staff, we use X3 Watch, and that's what many of our staff have for their internet. It's, it's protected, it's, it's secure, it's, it's safe, it's accountable. Block certain apps from your phone. Just have them blocked. Matter of fact, on, on my phone, I don't even have access to my apps. Only my wife and my assistant, Shane, have access to my apps to be able to download apps on my phone. I don't even have the password. I don't, I, matter of fact, I don't even have internet on my phone. Some of you think, Pastor, how are you making it in the 21st century? I'm doing fine. I'm doing all right. I'm doing okay. I'm just saying you got you to gotta kill it. You got to kill it. At home, block channels on your television. Have somebody enter in the password. Block some channel or block some Netflix that you can't have access. Kill it. Put it to death. Give lust a funeral. Kill it. Put it to death and bury that sucker in Jesus' name. Because it doesn't go away. It'll grow away. Number two is this. Man, I, I, my desire is your power. I want you to walk in freedom. I want you to experience God's best. Number two is just how do we, how, what's the second truth to break free? Number two, make a covenant with your eyes. A covenant with your eyes. Many people justify lust. That they justify looking at pornography. They justify staring, looking, lusting, and undressing someone with their eyes. Come on, we hear it all the time. People say, it's not that big of a deal. I'm not touching I'm just looking. Hey, baby girl, nothing wrong with brother just looking. I'm not touching. And yet, that's not what God's word teaches. The scripture teaches that what we take in through our eyes 
will affect our life in a huge way. Students, teenagers, I wish someone would have taught me this when I was a student, when I was a kid. I wish someone would have taught me the power of our eyes. There is power in our eyes. Let me take you back to Matthew chapter 6 and verse 22. It says, your eye, your eye is a lamp that provides a light for your body. When your eye is good, your whole, notice the terminology, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is bad, pastor, there's not any consequences. No, 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 no. Yes, there is. When your eye is bad. Your whole body is filled with darkness. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 27, you have heard the commandment that says you must not commit adultery. Somebody says, I'm not committing adultery. I'm just looking. Verse 28, Jesus says, but I say anyone who even looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart, and Jesus is not trying to just be gender specific. It could go even if uh, look at a man with lust. Come on, ladies. I know you'd be watching The Bachelor. <laughs> Come on, I'm getting everybody's Kool Aid today. I want everybody to be free in Jesus' name. Amen. Eyes, there's power in our eyes. There's power in our eyes. Psalms 119 and verse 37 says, Turn my eyes from worthless things. And give me life through your word. Because there's life when our eyes are on the right thing. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 25. Look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. Proverbs 17 verse 24. Sensible people keep their eyes glued on wisdom, but a fool's eyes wander to the ends of the earth. A fool thinks, hey, what I look at, it doesn't really matter. It won't affect me. And the scripture says, you're, you're wrong. And a fool's eyes just wander to the ends of the earth. Peter says in 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse 14, they commit adultery with their eyes. And their desire for sin is never satisfied. It doesn't go away. It grows away. They lure unstable people into sin, and they, will, they are well-trained in greed. They live under God's curse. Proverbs 31 and verse 1, and this is where I got the title for this point from this scripture. Job said, I made a covenant with my eyes not to look with lust. As a young woman, I made a covenant. I made a contract with my eyes that I will not look at a lady or that would be a man with lust. I made a covenant. Says, I'm not going to do that. And what we have to do in this 21st century to honor God is we have to make a covenant. We have to make a contract with our eyes that I'm not going to look at someone with lust. And sometimes you can't control the first look, but you can always control the second look. The third look, the fourth look, the stare. Pastor, what are you talking about? God's been good to you. Job said, I made a covenant 
with my eyes. Books call it the bounce away principle, the bounce away. You can't control the first look, but bounce away. Bounce your, bounce your eyes away from the channel. Come on, turn the channel. Bounce away from the TV. Bounce away. Turn the channel. Bounce away. Bounce away. Make a covenant with your eyes. On Monday, I was on a plane, and Shane and I were traveling. I, I don't travel alone. If my wife can't go with me on a trip, one of our male staff members go and, and goes with me. And so Shane, who goes with me on a lot of trips, my assistant, we were on the plane, and, and we were flying to Virginia. On Monday, I was speaking to hundreds of pastors at a pastor's conference and got to Virginia, spoke Monday night, got, spoke Monday morning, got back on the plane and flying back to Oklahoma City. And we flew in through Charlotte, so we connected in Charlotte. And then from Charlotte, we got on the plane. And when I boarded the plane, there was a, a gentleman who sat next to me. Oh, I don't know, six foot four, six foot five. He was in the window seat, I was in the aisle seat. And I have traveled a lot. And this was one of the worst plane rides I ever had. This brother did not know plane etiquette. He sat there and his legs spread all wide in my side. I mean, so wide, I'm trying to pull my bag out from underneath the seat and can't get it out. I'm like, yeah, move your legs, man. You can't have your leg all the way up over here touching me. Why are you touching on me? And then, you know, the armrest, his brother was on the armrest, had both armrests consumed. And then he was kind of leaning over on the armrest, his arm touching mine. And I'm trying to work. I'm sitting there working. I'm working on this sermon on lust, and I'm, I'm working on my second book, and I'm trying to type. And I'm like, bro, I mean, he's cramming me up. You know, about 22-year-old, just sprawled out. out just. I mean, I'm like, if we weren't flying back to Oklahoma City, because I figured he probably doesn't know me, but he knows somebody that knows me. And he may hear my deep voice, that deep voice, that, that, that bass voice, and think, I might know this brother. So I didn't say nothing, but I was sure thinking, what is wrong with you? You know what I'm saying? Why are you eating up on my face? Don't you see me trying to work? You ain't doing nothing over there. Back up off me. Let me work. Brother gets his, gets his computer out. Puts his headphone on. I thought, okay, this is good. He's got his computer out. Now he still sprawls out, watching a movie. And I'm sitting in my seat, and I'm typing, and I'm working on the book, and I notice, oh, no. Oh, no, they're not getting ready to do that. Oh, they're getting ready, oh, they're getting ready to do that. And so I glanced away. I bounced my eyes, and it's perfect. I'm like, I'm preaching on lust, and this has actually happened. What in the world is going on? Jesus, you're trying to test a brother? What is going on? I bounce my eyes away. I come back to work and typing away again, and I notice this is one of the movies with multiple scenes. I got work to do. So I decided every time I seen, I was going to close one eye. So I just went, close the left eye. I typed. I opened it up. Oh, they still, okay, close the eye again. Job says, I made a covenant. It's everywhere, but I made a covenant with my eyes. I want to honor God, and I won't look lustfully upon another person. Hebrews chapter 12, chapter 12 talks about the power of our eyes and the right focus. Beginning in verse 1, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses, to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down. How do we strip off every weight, especially the sin that so easily trips, up, trips us up? How do we easily get away from this sin that, that tries to trip us up and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us? How do we do that? 
Verse 2 says, here's how you do it. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. I like how the NIV or the King James Version renders it. It says, keep your eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Your heart doesn't just need to be on Jesus. Your eyes need to be on Jesus. There's power in our eyes. Number three is this. The third truth to break free from lust is bring your lust into the light. Ephesians 5 and verse 11 says, take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. It is, it is shameful even to talk about the things that ungodly people do in secret. But their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them. For the light makes everything visible. That is why it is said, awake, O sleeper, rise up from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Bring it into the light. Jesus said in John chapter 3 and verse 19 through 21, he says, and the, and, and the judgment is based on this fact. God's light came into the world, but people loved darkness more than the light, for their actions were evil. All who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it for Fear that their sins will be exposed. When we are trapped in sin, we hate the light. The Bible says people don't even want to come into the light. They want to stay in darkness. But verse 21 says, but those who do what is right, those who experience freedom, those who walk in victory, come to the light so others can see. Listen, it involves bringing other people in, in, in our life. So others can see that they are doing what God wants. Check out this video. Kirk Franklin has sold more than 10 million albums in less than 10 years. He's a three-time Grammy Award winner and a seven-time Dub Award winner. His hit stomp from the triple platinum album God's Property made him a star with the MTV crowd. But Kirk's career came to a screeching halt a few years ago when his private, or should I say secret life, was no longer a secret. Kirk came clean and confessed his addiction to pornography. And then there's always that boy who's got the big brother who's got the magazines up on his bed. And that's how it starts. And the first time I ever saw one, I was maybe like about eight or nine when I, when I saw my first magazine. And from there, I was addicted. Yeah, I would say within our second year marriage, he tried to implement it within our marriage. Mm -hmm. You know, watch this with me, honey. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You yeah. know, it made me feel dirty. It didn't make yeah. our um, our intimacy sacred to me. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. I, you know, I was like, I'm not watching it. I would get angry. Mm -hmm. I was like, no, I'm not watching it with you. Kirk's secret life ran amok while he traveled to promote his latest releases. At home, Tammy had no idea of the extent of Kirk's problem. I didn't see any evidence that he was doing it at home. He knew how I felt about it, so I, I, would, was. I would think that he was hiding it from I was. So you had a secret life? Yeah, I was doing it at home when she was asleep. You really? Know? Yeah, yeah, when she was asleep, I'd go upstairs, you know, yeah. How yeah. did you finally get to a point where this thing has got to be dealt with? We were in Los Angeles, and we were in the bed uh, that morning just in the hotel, and we were laying there, and I said, baby, I need to tell you something. I said, I'm struggling with pornography. I mean, it is a struggle. I have a problem with pornography. 
it's a problem. And your response, Tammy? My response immediately was just to be, be sensitive to it. What blessed me is that he did look at it as a problem, that it wasn't, you know, a lot of guys can have an attitude of, you know, it's normal for, you know, a, it's man. a man thing. Yeah, it's a man thing. Yeah. And the fact that he wasn't coming to me like that blessed me so yeah. that I just began to just, um, you know, pray for him consistently. And I knew that I wanted him to know more than anything that this was something we were going to work through together. together. That's what's so weird about porn yeah. is, is that you have different people, even in the body, that feel different about it. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know what I'm trying to say? Mm -hmm. Like, there are some Christian men that I know that would say that I'd rather do that than cheat on my wife. When I've had to, you know, shed light on is that, dude, You're we are cheating, cheating on our boy. wife. Mm -hmm. yeah. We're cheating on our wife because whatever men think it, so is he. Yeah. So, so we're cheating. I wish somebody would have taught me a long time ago the repercussions mm. of sex. People can be set free from this, but they're going to have to admit they have the problem, and they're going to have to come clean with somebody who's yes, going to hold them accountable. There's account. a process to it. Yeah. If I have been set free from this one, yeah. anybody can, because for years I even questioned, could I get free from this one? Mm. Because, I mean, I was, dude, I, I was doing albums, albums that people that God was speaking to, people were blessed by, and I was struggling with pornography. I mean, what we seen came out in 93. I was struggling with pornography. Storm came out in 97. I was struggling with pornography. Mm. I mean, these albums, God was speaking through, and everybody else was getting their victory and walking and stuff, except for me. And I used to question, and, and I almost began to wonder, what's going on? Mm. And what was happening, and this may help people, is that my victory didn't come by my emotional experience. My victory came through truth. Mm. So when, when I was taught truth, that's when I got my freedom. And today, as your pastor, my heart is just to speak truth because I was set free from bondage. But my freedom came by coming to the light. Kurt Franklin was set free and is walking in freedom because he brought it to the light. And I want you to know no matter who you are, you don't need to have shame. You don't need to hold your head down low. So many struggle with this. You may be addicted. You may be trapped. You may be highly tempted. And I want you to know that the truth will set you free. Today, Jesus wants to set you free. Listen, lust will not go away. It will only grow away, but today you can bring it to the light.